Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We're off. We are off. And um, good morning. Morning, everyone. What's in store? I think we should do that nice there and back ten, where we go straight south from Newington Green. Yeah. Um, down through um, down through uh, to the canal. Yes. And uh, we let one of our brother runners go just there. It's an it's an out and backer, isn't it? It's an out and backer. So we go down to the canal, then left. Past the bottom of uh, Broadway Market. Right. Past the gate to Victoria Park, down to Limehouse Basin. And then we'll come back again. Down to the That should give us 10 miles. A cosy 10, yes. The first of the pre-marathon double figures runs. Yes. We find, once again, it's grey. It's it's actually colder and brighter than it was the other two runs this year. Yeah. It was really horrible. They're my, my new earth trainers. Right. I got them from New York for New York. Yeah. And then bottled on, on wearing them. Because they're pretty, uh, they're pretty, uh, what's the word? They they kind of hurt my feet a bit. Right. They're <laughs> pretty dirty. Uh, yeah, I think, but I think they're kind of good. They look quite they're more, they're more kind of strict. Right. Than, uh, than go. wrong. Wee. But, uh, so you can let us go wee. <laughs> and before I realised... I had a bad left foot. I was like, oh, they're really hurting my left foot. But they were just... My foot was hurting because I was running rather than because of the shoes, you know? No, they look good. No, I've started wearing them now, but I'm trying to keep them for for non-mud. Right. I'm still not sure what I want to do. Still not sure about your... Shoes. Right. I want to go... I want to go to a um, running shoe shop with a team... You know, with a, with you, and a chiropodist, yeah. and a <laughs> yeah. gait and analyst. You definitely need an entourage. A fashion, uh, yeah, exactly. I need a shoe buying entourage. You need at least five or six people to get a pair of trainers. <laughs> Even the chiropodist said, generally runners have quite a few different trainers they wear on different days depending on how they feel. Well, they tend to, don't they? But yeah. I tend to just get worn and just wear it until there's absolutely no life well, left in it. Yeah, and that's and fair enough, on. not least because of what we've already established, is that running is for people who are on the tighter end of the spectrum. You know, if I, if I had that relationship with 
throwing money at my sport, I'd be more. Of, I'd be a member of a gym. Yeah, I mean, you'd naturally accumulate some different pairs of trainers, but I just tend not to. I, I sort of get it. I've got my racing trainers. I've got two pairs of racing trainers. No, it's That's an, quite an indulgence. And so. it is important what you say about naturally accumulating. It's like when you're younger, people always used to say, you know, I've got a dozen guitars. You know, wow, that person loves guitars. But... um. I've got like seven guitars. And that's just naturally. It just happens in life. Yeah. If it's what you do, they kind of accrue over time. And it's quite nice to uh, pick up an old forgotten pair of trainers, like an old friend sometimes. Yeah. Why is that? Because they're always so nice. They always yeah. smell so nice. So comfy. Yeah. And I've got such nice stuff on the outside of them. <laughs> yeah. It's nice when... It- it's nice when they're absolutely dead souls, just yeah, not yeah, yeah. them at all. Kind of like barefoot running, although that's... <laughs> yeah. the, the, uh, the idea of running barefoot is a good thing. It's kind of faded away now, hasn't it? Although shoes aren't I'm big, sure. flat aircraft carrier boats like they were. I'm sure some people are persevering with that. I mean, I'm, I'm still plodding along with the hawkers. Yeah. And enjoying them. Uh, have you thought of that as a book title? Yeah. <laughs> plodding along with the hawkers. What an inspirational tune. <laughs> it's, uh, and they're quite boat-like. Yeah. They're massively cushioned. They're also really good-looking. They're a lovely colour, although they're really muddy now, so yeah. we can't see that. Splattered in mud. Have you had a, ever had a kind of, what's the word, um, like a, like a uh, you know, a paradigm shift in what your footwear? Yeah, yeah. Because you've been running now since the 20th century. Mm, not really. I mean, it's just... I've found, found my racing shoes that I like. I like my Adidas Bostons. Yeah. So I like any variation yeah, of those. They give a good feeling, actually. That actually is more than a feeling, isn't it, with the Bostons? Yeah. <laughs> more than a feeling. <laughs> and, that, and that is my training shoe indulgence every big marathon that I go for I get a new pair of Adidas Postums yeah so I've got three pairs but also you trust that model so well that you can basically just run the the race the next day hard rule yeah of buying new shoes no don't go don't go Ricardo's coming round Ponytail went for it a cyclist just went past we can go now a cyclist just went past who uh, I think recognised you and went across the lights, looking back over his left shoulder <laughs> at you in a really dangerous way. Dangerous, yeah. <laughs> so, but that is exactly that. That pair of shoes that you love and trust so much that you can just buy a new pair. You know, that is... Yeah, that's lovely. That's, that's the dream. Lovely. I used really to have that with Nike Lunar Eclipse. They don't make them anymore. <sighs> oh, there we are. What? So how's the running been this week? What have you been well, it's been good. I just think it's just really nice to be back on it. And I say back on it, it's only been a week, but it's the long game, you know? Yeah. Someone came back after a couple of days ago, go saying on Twitter that he really enjoyed the analogy, you know, of getting to that point of fitness where you feel like you're running as a sports car idling outside the house. That you can jump into. Yeah. And of course that still weeks away from that even if things go great but running every couple of days doing all the exercises like I had the weird thing of I did my full exercise little regime thing yes. on Friday and then on Monday and then on Wednesday and when I did it on Wednesday for the first time it was really hard right? and I felt a strange joy at that 
Oh, yeah, this is You're working. working it. You're working You know, because I'm coming back to it. There is something essential when you're doing healthy exercise. You have to build a relationship with the repetition, don't you? There's a bit of a burn, isn't it, involved, isn't there? Yeah. I found that the other day because I got those twisty press-up things out that you gave me for Christmas. Happy Christmas. It's just really kind of you. Yeah. And I, uh, I warmed up, and I thought I'll just do some twisty turny press-ups as many as I can yeah two two yeah (laughs) (laughs) the weakest man in the world and did you feel it I mean were they too (laughs) snatchy too did you know that they were too long slow chin to the floor press-ups long slow press-ups are incredibly hard but um but I wasn't having any more than that's the wonderful thing I've set set my uh I've set my boundary. There's two. I've set, we've, got, we've got a foundation to build. I'd like to see you get to three by the end of January. I dream of three. <laughs> but long and slow is the thing. I, I mean, I don't have the... I do do lots. And I think I hope that they're of a high enough quality that they're worth doing. But the real hold, slow down, slow up... There you know, I just make sure I go down um, slow enough. That I go all the way down. Right. And at the bottom, I kind of... Slow and start again. So it's not a there and back snatch, it's like down and up. I go down slow enough to get my foot and then lick the floor. Yeah. So that I know I'm floor level. Good. That would make it harder to do do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I've kind of mixed it up with the cleaning chores around the house. Good, good. So you shift them along. And your your twisty things, anything specific there apart from the. I love how much I'm getting out of your two press ups (laughs) here. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be twisting. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for them. In that article, in one of those, you know, New Year's resolution articles in the paper. Yeah. And someone saying they went to see a, a trainer, right. saying, uh, you know, all oh, those old exercises you're doing, you want to be doing this, and doing all those things. That's burpees and dropping a medicine ball and picking it up again, right. running up and down steps. You know, which I'm sure are all fantastic exercises, but equally, you know, we know enough of life to know that just because someone said this thing was good two years ago, now they're saying this, they haven't suddenly cracked it. Yeah. That is going to change again. I mean, just the stand, just variations on the press-up. Yeah. You're going to do well, aren't you? Yeah, well, exactly. That's just just various ways of doing press-ups. It's such a good exercise if you as long as you're doing it right that's true of most exercise that thing of taking guidance getting a trainer going to yoga is someone making sure you're doing it right yes because doing it right is the difference between uh, getting something out of it or not getting the most out of it yeah and then similarly running you know if you're not doing it right you're not running you're not going forwards yeah (laughs) anyone that's the great thing about running yeah you don't need to be coached to run no, in fact, if you take a coach, you yeah. don't need to run. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you're on the yeah, coach. Yeah. I had a funny one the other day because I went to uh, I went training on Tuesday at the club. Oh, yeah, you were going to do this when this was your last. And re- realised that my form, much like the economy possibly after Brexit, yeah. has fallen off a cliff. Right. People who I was beating in the summer, they're thrashing me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I've just lost loads of... Just, it's just it's, it's bizarre. I think it's a, a question. I think it's a combination of the weight I put on put on over Christmas. Yeah, bit of a back injury stopped me running so much. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe 
I don't know, I'm sort of blaming Dashi. Yeah, yeah, Obviously yeah. he's still not around to shoulder that blame. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of just lacking a bit of zip. But anyway, that's another issue. I'm, I'm way slower. And how did that make you feel about future running? Did it make you think, oh, I've got to get that back, go sub three again? Or are you more tempted to like, let it go? It made me want to get faster. Yeah. I don't know about getting sub three again, because I mean... There's a guy down the club called Elvis. A guy who works down the chip shop. Swears he's Elvis. Is that how you were going to talk about? He's, he's good. Yeah. He just sings to us while we run. We must be light. Running brown. There's a, there's a fella called Gavin. Who's like a mythologist. He's, 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 he's sort of... He's so tough. Just down onto he's the canal. He's an old bloke. Really, really tough. Constantly... He, He'll beat three hours for the marathon in his sleep. Yeah. His aim is to beat three this year, and he's 58 years old. Right. So every year he just thinks, that's my aim, I'm going to keep beating three. Yeah. For me, beating three was like a... Once in a lifetime. Maybe a once in a lifetime. (laughs) Uber, you know, the hardest thing I've ever done to him. It's just just what he does. Yeah. So there's a difference there, you know. I think it was... He's different to me. I think one thing that you have to note... He's always coming up in the conversations is that one of the healthiest things you can do when you're training and that you do is that you put yourself among you normalize incredible runners yeah yeah you know yeah they, it's like my brother got in touch and said you want to talk to this friend of mine who did a marathon in 242 it's like yeah 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 <laughs> loads of people can do that <laughs> yeah, so it's, i don't uh, think we do i don't think there are that many people who can do that not many club runners who can do it, but, but anyway, I was, uh, and then one just zips past. <laughs> yeah. He, he seemed fast. fast. He was getting the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. You've got to add his speed to our speed. A guy turned up at the training session for his first time, and he was a guy I used to know years ago. He used to live opposite us when we lived in Stoke Newington. Yeah. And he was a newbie, so I was a bit protective. Yeah. I was saying we were going to do six 800-meter reps, so it's... Two laps around the track. And he's saying, what pace should I do it at? Well, I'm saying, what pace have you been running? He said, I've been running about 5.50 a mile on the treadmill. Which is fast. That's really fast. Yeah. I said, well, you should be doing them about 2.50, 2.55. And he said, well, how long is it around the track? That's when I started to worry. He didn't know how long it was around one lap, which is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, but slightly worried. Inexperienced, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. But he was convinced. He was convinced he was going to be zipping around. I don't know whether it's the difference between treadmill or he was just looking back, just very confused about distances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was last blessing by a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a rude awakening. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like these club mentalists. Yeah. And how way quicker they are. Yeah, and how and could anyone? <laughs> you know, it's coming from real life. Yeah, how could anyone be this good at this? Yes. <laughs> well, these guys have been doing it for years. And they're, they're the people who lose weight over Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because training for a spring well, marathon. Well, you said this before, and I think it is, <laughs> it's to be noted that something, uh, the general expectation of a marathon runner has dipped slightly yeah. with the general accessibility of running, which, yes. is, yeah. which is as it should be. It is. It's a great yeah, We love where running's got to in 2018. But 30 years ago, like, I was talking about how Dustin Hoffman, the marathon man, yeah, who's a pretty good marathon runner, he's never run a marathon. No. And he's about as into it as anyone. <laughs> yeah. But back in those days, 
it's like a mythical achievement yes yeah. rather than something your mum did last year yeah yeah totally so totally. and then within that incredible performance is kind of part of it isn't it yeah it's, it has you're basically a, training with all the outliers yeah, it's people uh, put in their 10,000 hours he's got an undoubted allure hasn't it the marathon yeah just the magic of the of the sort of oddness of the distance I was thinking about it the other day because I'm working a bit on this book just obviously the the mythical run from wherever it was you know marathon to Athens or whatever the the, the Fidipides marathon Fidipides I'm doing it now because you know that Natalie whatever Spartan. I say Natalie Haynes will put a straight Spartan <laughs> hey look I went there the other day by the bridge with a picture of uh, look out mate yeah look out. I know I'm away I am. Yeah, but, but it's, a, it's an odd distance, isn't it? Yeah. There's something about the 26 point and then 365 yards at the end. It's yeah, just yeah. odd 85. and quirky. 385 yards. Is it 85, is it right? Do you know why the 385 yards is on the end? Just to annoy us? No. Go on then. It's from the first British Olympics in the modern era. Right. I want to say 1908. Yeah, I could be say wrong. that in London. Yeah, and the, and the run came from outside London. Right. Reading, I don't know, winter, somewhere around there. And it ran 26 miles. And then they realised that 26 miles got you to near the end of Birdcage Walk. Okay. And if they went another 385 yards, right. you come around, front, around <laughs> in front of Buckingham Palace. And that's the funny. king could watch you go past. <laughs> and that's how the... That's great. But equally, the fact that it's that length, you know, the length is arbitrary. But it isn't. Because it's formally set, so yeah. you can compete against it. Yeah, but it, and it's sort of... It's just, you know, because you're chatting to people about trains for the marathon, and saying, if it was 20 miles, I'd be fine. Yeah. But that's not what a marathon it is. It isn't. It isn't. And if right. it was 30 miles, it'd probably be a bit different. Yeah, that's right. But there's something about what I it is. There's something about it. And also... <laughs> Uh, it's so different to ultras because they're all different lengths. Yes. And that's because they're designed to be all different experiences. They're very modern and very bespoke. But it does slightly that's a good point, actually, yeah. denude them of, a, of an identity, doesn't it? Well, when I chat to people about ultras, they normally say it's not so much about time. You take it really slowly. Yeah. It's about the experience. But marathons tend to, above and beyond a certain level, when you've gone beyond actually run, just running one, which is amazing in itself. Yeah. They do. Time considerations tend to come in, don't they? Absolutely. Time goes. But I think that that is really good that you said that then, because that's one that's one that we have to constantly remind ourselves and everyone of that with a marathon. If you sign up to do a marathon, your number one achievement, the thing you draw a circle around, is running is, the marathon. Is doing it. Yes. Yeah. Not how fast you did it. Not how you paced it. Yeah. Just getting from the one point to the other point. Yes. On your own. And respecting that. Yeah. And how difficult that is. Whoa, sorry, mate. Respecting that no matter what state of fitness you are. It's pretty busy down on the canal. And quite it is pretty busy. Yeah. But the atmosphere is a bit more... We're getting quite a lot of smiles and hellos. Yeah. As opposed to the horror film effect we seem to be having in Highgate with you. <laughs> yeah. People are into the year now, aren't they? I think it's because we're in East London now as well. It was Highgate Woods. Oh, dear. They're not used to it. I didn't like looking at people. Two men running through the woods. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, there's more cyclists here. Um, Let's maintain good relations. I'm really glad we've 
hit the ground running <laughs> on this subject here. There's a dog coming this way. Slow down, slow down. There we go. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Look at you. And that was a talking to the dog rather than waiting <laughs> Look at you. Look at you with your dog. Look at the little face. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is a moment in time, you know. The marathon training has begun. I'm uh, starting to transcend my injuries, if not completely rid myself of them. Right. Um, You've reached an accommodation. Exercises. Yeah. Distances. We're going to run double figures today. That'll be my first double figures run of the year. And before you get too deep into your pacing for April and your distance and everything for your ultra, let's talk marathon training for all. Yes. What yeah. do we know? What can we conclude? About the marathon training. Yeah. About I what mean, you need to do. I mean... I mean, the central thing, always, for me, the absolutely essential ingredient... Yes. This is, is it, it listen. Wait, wait, he's going to say it. Is... Malt loaf on the day of the marathon. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> us his plan. <laughs> no, it, it's the weekly long run, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, LSR, as some people have. If yeah, that's got, long if you, Sunday if you run. Work Monday to Friday. Oh, LWR for your midweek. Yeah. It, it's just once a week you need to get used to running for a certain length of time. But yes. start, I mean, if we start now at 10 and add two every week. Every fourth week, just come down a notch. You're not overtraining. Yep. By late March, oh, that's interesting. you're doing about 20 miles. Okay, so you're adding two miles a week, and, ev- and within each month or each four-week period, you're kind of... You just come down a notch. You're almost practising for the taper. A little just bit, yeah. And just, and just used to the idea of just not, not overstressing your body. Yeah, that's really interesting. You start thinking you're advised never to increase your weekly mileage by more than 10% yep. to avoid injury. To be honest, that's something that I tend to ignore. 
Um, I remember but, last but, but year. But it makes sense, though. He made run 90 miles one week last year. Yeah, and, that's... Uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm a genius or anything, but no. I can tell. Yeah. That's not a... Uh, well, that's, that's advanced marathon runner's tips. That's, yes. That's if you want to get a monstrously large week in. Yeah. You do a long run on Sunday... And then you do your next long run on the Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it feels like the next week, but it's in fact the same week. And is that? And then you can really bump to silly mileage. But could like you do a... that? Could you also do that the following week? I mean, I mean, what would happen if you ran a long on the Saturday and the Sunday? Have you experienced this? Well, well, no. Well, because a week is sat again, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. But but exactly. So say you get sixty miles in by doing a long, yeah, a long Sunday and then a long Saturday. Yeah. What do you do to match that mileage to next week? Without well, hurting, well you'll yourself. come down. You just get a freakishly large week. Right. But it's quite nice to have a freak. I mean, for me, I did, there was one week where I ran eighty-four miles. Yeah. It just made me feel good in a but sort of childish you ran, way. You ran there, what, one mile? No, I was in bed. <laughs> just really injured. Crying. I was just weeping. <laughs> yeah. Why? I've done it. Because your fuel stocks were completely empty. I'm going to yeah. represent that visually. Look at me. Do a fuel stocks empty face. Look at that. That's art. Sorry. 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 So sorry. Ooh. Oh, dear. So sorry. We completely overtook this lady, and then just after we had, I stopped in front of her to take a photo. I'm disgraceful. I'm ashamed of myself. Boat life. Oh, so, so yeah, so yeah the long my joke of the gasometers <laughs> being a visual was metaphor good. for your depleted fuel stocks. It was a good joke. Yeah. And the thing about the the, the long run is just take it just take it gradually. Yeah. Don't worry so much about the pace. You're just getting used to time on your feet. Let's talk mileage because I'm just going to blow my nose. Because yeah, I've always since before I really took any proper advice or consulted with anyone around with you. Yeah. I've always, when I've been doing a marathon, thought make sure you run ten. Then make sure you run. 13. Right. And make sure you run 16. And make sure you run 20. Right. And I think that I would say that that is, I would stay with that as a rough model. Right, okay. But the things I'd change about that is, I would think of that as the bare minimum. Yes. You know, I think that uh, in the past, I've uh, wanted to uh, kind of keep it, uh, you know, I really like the idea of this handsome method and keeping the mileage down. I think when it comes down to it, I need to be better at stricter at getting the miles up. Yes. So that the miles 22 to 26 are less of a shock. Yeah. Particularly as you need to create a bit of headspace for when you go faster on the day. Yeah, I agree. Whether it's deliberate or not, you know. I think there's two things going on. I think it's... I think it's a very basic, simple message if you can the more miles a week you run the better you'll be yeah yeah it's as simple as that on, on, on a level and obviously obviously not getting injured and stuff yeah but i notice when i bump from 35 miles a week to nearly 50 i beat three hours to the marathon yes and it's just and if i, and if I wanted to go faster i'd have to go to 60 65 yeah. miles a week and then i might beat 250 what the other you know, thing so that seems it's obvious, but it's well, oh, look, there's a cormorant. That's I think that lady's taking. I'm not going to stop saying it. We see a big cormorant on that boat. That's incredible. 
It's massive. Nice. That's prehistoric. Very nice down by the canal today. Yeah. Bit of smoke in the air. Yeah. A little bit of it. I was going to say mist underwater, but I think it's smoke from the canal boats. Yeah. On your right. And, uh, no, I, I don't know. This seems really obvious, and yet I'm not sure I've examined it much before. The other thing about that is pace. The thing to be noted is, it seems really obvious, but it's worth remembering, is that when you run faster, it tires you out more. Yes. So <laughs> say you've run 13 miles training, and you think, great. Yeah. And then you go out and run eight miles at pace, or whatever that pace might be, anything yeah. faster, really. Yeah. You're going to know it. Yes. Yeah. It costs more. It does, yes. It's Absolutely. like driving the car in a lower gear. Absolutely. And the other thing about this is, don't be misled by my experience, because the reason I got away with, and got away with is the phrase, um, less training miles in those early marathons is because I was always running really fast. Yes. So when I ran 20 for my first two marathons, I was running about as fast as I can go about the same over pace, any yeah. distance. Yeah, because you always used to run at about 7, 7, 10. Yeah, between my, 7, my, 10 and 7, 30. Yeah. And until we started running... I never ran at any other speed. Well, I'm really... Until I started dragging you down. <laughs> but it's healthy, you know. I think I'm finally getting to a point now where I can go out and run at different speeds. You know, I went yeah. out. Like you, I'm feeling it after Christmas and stuff. But I went out the other day and did, you know, a full run. Right. Seven miles. Hitting probably not seven and a half at 7.40 pace. Yes, yeah. And maintaining it and feeling it. And specifically... Maintaining it and feeling it, despite also feeling how unfit I was. Yes. Kind of staying with it. So you battle through that a bit. Yeah. That's good training. Yeah. That's good training. And uh, coming back to the long runs and pace, normally you want to be at least a minute slower than your marathon pace, at least when you're doing it. And I mean, I tend to really... A minute slower per mile. Per mile, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, I tend to really plug, but the more runs you can get in the 20 to 22 mile zone the better yeah if you can but they're really tiring yes so don't do it any later than three weeks before the marathon no no I would go but out if you can get a couple in that zone that makes a huge difference because then when you race when you're running training you're approaching the wall yeah you start to nibble away at it yeah 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 and your body starts to think this is unusual and weird and probably wrong. Uh, yeah. How do I train myself to deal with this? Yeah, yeah. What, how, my, what accommodations do I make? It's like they say in tennis, isn't it? What you're doing with your body then is you're asking the question. Yeah, and your body, and your body answers it by but saying, it a bit of training. Oh, no! What are you doing? Help me! <laughs> so that's... Uh, Victoria Park. Have you noticed, by the way, the other thing we should mention? I know it's mid-January, but... Morning, my boy, but there... Very there mild. There's a little bit of spring in here. Yeah, it's really mild today. So, it's a lovely part, that, isn't it? I, the other thing you've got to get to, and, and you taught me this, and again, I think we've got to stop qualifying stating the obvious, because stating the obvious is very useful, yeah. particularly at this stage in training, is that marathon training is about still running well, still running fast if you want speed, um, when you're tired. Yes. That's the basic thing. Well, yeah, this, I mean, this is a, this is a pace question. Now, if there's all a sense of you wanting to do it, in a certain time. Yeah. If you can, once you feel you're fit and you're bouncing along, when you're doing your long runs, try and do the last four or five miles of your long runs at something near marathon pace. Yeah. If not marathon pace, because you might find that very, very hard psychologically, 
marathon effort pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just get the idea Change of running, gear. trying striker and fast when you're really tired. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what running a good marathon is. No, I think that's excellent <laughs> advice because I think that the other thing is, I mean, it's easier for us to say because we're a bit um, hippie-ish when it comes to watches and timing. But uh, like you say, don't worry about the numbers. Yeah. Just feel for that gear change it's the effort yeah that kind of still running it's that pushing into the into the pain yeah that kind of feel bad run faster mentality and i can give you feel first, bad run faster first hand case study stuff on that because you know i have gone from having one gear to having a couple of very simple gears yeah and one the upside of that is that the basic principle is still there, the one of um, setting off at a speed and staying at it. Right. You know, if I run out of my house yeah. doing 720 miles, chances are that's the speed I'll come back at. Right. No matter how far I go. Okay. You know, it's like setting a wind-up mouse off. Yeah. So that's a good habit to get into. It is, yeah. And the, those 720 miles, I only know they are because my phone tells me afterwards. Right. It's not, I'm, looking at, I'm not looking at my watch. Um, and in New York, after a couple of years of trying to integrate this stuff we're talking about into my life, it took me ages to find it, you know, I'm literally, I don't know, four or five miles of plodding and suffering and going incredibly slow and generally what crashing the, out. What, in New York? In New York. Right, yeah. But, had that moment, when I thought I was a mile out, it was about a mile and a half out, when I thought... Well, I can run a mile in 10 minutes and set off. Yeah. And, and then when I set off my body, it was a flash memory thing. Yes. It was exactly that, you know. I ran, I don't know, I honestly don't know what the pace was for that last mile and a half. Right. But I was running at pace. Yes. And it was if, the if, very if, definition of what you were just saying. It was, it was yeah, saying if, if, you, if you do enough, uh, I mean, tempo running is a different session, but if you do enough running when tired at pace, which is the hardest type of training. Yeah. Your default pace setting gets a bit higher. Yeah. What your body's used to. And your ability really possibly difficult. to sometimes surprise your body. Yes. With yeah. what you can do. Because this has got to all feed back into the psychology. Uh, uh, absolutely. Using your powers against yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, in those yeah. moments of despair. There's always... Uh, it's a, it's a, a cliche, but there's always more than you think. Yes. And it's whether... In its weather, you want to delve into that and that's up to you yeah that really is up to you no and it's sensible not to <laughs> don't yeah. delve into it until you really have to <laughs> this is like an emergency fund you know yes if you're doing your first marathon the important thing you've got to do is conserve your energy yeah there's another 25 miles another 20 miles another 10 miles another 5 miles to go I mean I think that's the case at any level with a marathon is like not to you know, it's just to withhold it till you need it, till yeah. you need it at 20 miles. I mean, for me, my first marathon was a completely exploratory experience. I ran it off, the longest run I'd done was 16 miles. Yeah. I ran the whole way. Yeah. But my goodness, I was tired. Yeah. It was just like an introduction to a new way of yeah. existing on the planet or something. It was, it was ridiculous and absurd. Yeah. Well, you can't. Completely overwhelming. If you but there's something about it that obviously thought, oh, I quite like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I said never again. Yeah. I went around grumpy all the way. Yeah. I said, I will never do this again. And that was eight marathons ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and here's another one. Another cliche that will go around. 
you've got to understand, particularly if you haven't done this stuff before, the miles are just, they're not comparable. You know, there's no point saying I've run the first half and then I've run the second half. Yeah. Because the second half is an entirely different experience. Yes. It might as well be a different distance. That's the... Uh, I mean, someone says that 20, the first half is the first 20 and the second half is the last six Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was the thing that I always treated with a bit of... With a pinch of salt, really, the idea that halfway in the marathon is 20. But it is, really. Yeah. In terms of psychological energy. Yeah, yeah. It definitely isn't 13. Yes. And that's, that's why it's such a mysterious event. No, it's almost Because you like run the first half and feel great, and then it's a completely different thing. Yeah, and we're not talking about the start <laughs> line now. You get eight miles in, you get ten miles in, and you're thinking, oh, I'm having a lovely day. Yeah. But none of that stuff really means anything in the end. Yeah. I suppose unless you can actually... Also, stockpile that goodwill. Yes. But really, you are. For me, it's about. Just getting started. 16, 17. It starts to slowly insinuate itself into your yeah. muscles and bones and mind. I don't think this the is mind. just um, psychological, so I think it's physical, isn't it? It's about fueling. I think that we, uh, as humans, if you start running very, very roughly, you run out of. Uh, fuel after about an hour and a half yeah and yeah. then everything changes you know yes, your, yeah. your blood sugar drops you you basically all the little yellow lights go on beep beep yeah. beep you know and your body starts saying why, why would what the hell are you doing yeah <laughs> so uh, this hello this running when you're tired thing it's about not letting that take you by surprise mr deering <laughs> can I we think, stop but it is physical but i think the way through it is a combination of physical training and getting your head right as well. Yeah. I think that, say you've got the time to do those long runs. Say you, I think we've already established that, you so know, if you're going yeah. out to run 60 miles and you want to practice pace, you don't necessarily want to run that at pace or haven't got time or not fit enough, then it's much more important to get that pace in the later than earlier. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've said it before, but the whole run to a park run trick is a really good one. Yeah. Because uh, the park run gives you that external boost, like the New York finish line for me, that will make you run faster just when you didn't think you could. Yes. You know, I remember running nine miles in Birmingham and thinking, oh, yeah, really feeling it. Flabby knees, tired, right. wheezy, hungover yeah. probably. Yeah. And then getting to the park run. Yes. You know, just running it as fast as any other park Lovely. I've done. Yeah, that's really nice. So it's that external Great training. scenario. So we're into a bit of a different area in terms of like <laughs> tempo. Because your long runs are your, that's your staple. If you did nothing else but one long run a week. Yeah, you, you, you've, that, that's the, the, you've but, increased your chance of getting around by about 80%. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then above and beyond that, you're mixing distances and exercises and a bit of tempo. Like the park run, obviously, we've... We're huge fans of it. Yep. Just for that kind of, what you've been saying, bit of tempo. We've also very much, I was talking to uh, the people from Parkinson's UK about this. Yeah. Um, I wonder how, what the wider world feels about a half marathon on the way to a marathon. I think it's less of a tradition for the world than it is for us. Right. Possibly because of the faff yeah. and the expense of getting in a half marathon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But... Running a half marathon at the right point in your training is really good. It's really good. Yes. Because basically you've got both. You've got that external experience of going somewhere everyone else is doing it, 
getting the, everything, you know, banners, start lines. That's, they, a, that's a really good point, actually. They it's, make you nervous. It's preparing for chilling out on the day. Yeah. And not expanding too much energy before the start. Yeah. Because it, everyone gets really panicked and nervous and angsty. Yeah, yeah. Over this very simple thing. And you can get dragged into it. Absolutely. It's, everyone just forgets that all you're going to be doing is running. Yeah. Which is what we all do all the time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and conversely, <laughs> when you get out there, you feel it. It makes it yeah. feel hard, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. That half marathon. I think I've done that where I've done a 15-mile training run and a half marathon within like a fortnight. And the half marathon's harder. Yeah. Because you're pushing it and you're it's nervous. Pace. Yes. And yeah. also you're watching as miles tick by. Yeah. Thinking, oh, no. Yeah. I've only done 10. Yes. I've yeah. only done 11. You know. But it's great in terms of... Finding out where you are fitness-wise. Yes. It's just a great distance. I mean, if you can do a 20, even better. But yeah, yeah. a half is... You mean an, almost, official, an official one? Yeah. A, a yeah. half is almost essential, really. Yeah. About a month before. Yeah. Just get your bearings. Oh, we'd strongly recommend that. We, I don't think... I can't remember a marathon where I didn't do that. Yeah. We tend to do the bath half. Yes. But there's loads of... I mean, this year they've introduced the big half, which is a London... That's in London, Marathon-related yeah. half. And I've got a lot of mates doing that one, yeah. Yeah. That's the same day as the bath half. Right. So we're talking early March, or if you're doing a different marathon, six weeks before, basically. Yeah. I suppose. There's a lot of uh, people came back on the old Facebook about the range of spring marathons. Yes. We really should do different ones after this year, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Don't you think we should maybe reach to Antwerp or yeah, just somewhere. I love Antwerp, and uh, and it was very nicely sold because it's like this weird place, and the guy with the moustache gives you a medal. Yeah, I'd like to do Stockholm as well. The yes. good thing about Stockholm is that you could theoretically do London and Stockholm because it's at the beginning of June. Right. Well, that's interesting. Nice little idea. I don't know after. Last year's injuries and New York, I'm still working through whether this London Marathon is my last marathon. Right. From See how you the, feel. Right yeah, now, yeah. Yeah. I feel now I'm back on it, you know. But that's See easy what, for me to say because I haven't run very training, far. You know? yeah. And then if I go the other way, I might have to start pursuing this World Marathon Majors. Yeah. Yeah, doing the old... Uh, Getting the seven baubles. Exactly. Because you've got New York and Berlin oh, I don't need to worry about those till Christmas. They're back in the loft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got New York, Ber- Berlin and London. Yeah. So Tokyo would be good for them, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Has hey, yep. A lot of geese. They're back. They're going. A lot of geese in Tokyo. The geese going. So, yeah, Tokyo, Boston, Chicago. Right. But do you know what? Go on, then. I, I, I'm loath to say this because it sounds like an excuse, so I want to know what your opinion is on it. But the thing that would scare me about doing those majors, or even Antwerp, but makes you want to do Brighton or Manchester, um, is I think I tired myself out. You get all keyed up. What, just going there? It's just really interesting, my the similarities in my Berlin and New York experiences. I just think I got to the start line. Just tired. Needing a holiday. Yes. That's not good. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, it's a tricky one, that. And I've never... I've got no idea because I've never done it. I've always done the most convenient marathon to me. Yes. Which has been London. I think you <laughs> you follow your instincts as well, yeah. don't you? I mean, you're like, I'm not going to do a gig that night I've run 20 miles. Whereas yeah. I'm not as logical and linear as that. 
but I've taken it all out next year, week off up to the marathon. You'll notice a huge difference. I hope so. Except at the moment, I'm getting so Many little offers. sleep at home. Right. <laughs> because? Because I know when it gets up first, and the kids are all, they start having orchestra before school. And my, really? uh, my uh, blooming uh, body clock just hasn't changed. So it really doesn't take much for me to want to stay up till half one watching a film. Right. And my alarm's set for 20 to 7. And I, I'm not, not even doing sleep. that many gigs at the moment. That's not enough sleep. I know. It's You're killing me. Deprived. That's, that's no good. No. No. So something to work on. No good. And that's because uh, it's interesting to think about those... External things, isn't it? The things around your marathon and indeed around your training. Yes. That you need to... Especially in the last couple of weeks before yeah. a big race. Take it as easy as you can. Yeah. You know, obviously you've got to lead your life and stuff, but just try and chill. I'm not getting too much sleep at the moment because Calypso's missing Dashi. Right. So she's downstairs. I often hear her barking oh, in the poor night. Calypso. So I have to... I traipse downstairs and lie with her on the sofa. Yeah. Until she goes to sleep. That can take about 40 minutes in the middle oh, of the yeah, night. Oh, yeah, it's like having a newborn baby. But then it's when she finally falls asleep. I've got to gently slide off the sofa without waking her. Yeah. That's a long, slow process. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the night when you're freezing. Desperate to get back Did to Did you bed. do that when the kids were babies? <laughs> it just sounds like babies to me. Yeah, well, that, the difference is with babies, we just stick them in bed with us. But we've got the cat upstairs. No, we never did that, see. Oh, we always had, had the babies in bed. It's always on the floor, on the kids' bedroom floor, with a hand right in through the side of the cot, right, soothing, and then that yeah, incredibly hands, you know, hands. slipping the hand away and slipping out of the room. <laughs> yeah. The floorboard creaks. <laughs> yeah. The baby wakes. <laughs> no. Yeah. So. It's interesting. I was thinking that we could uh, talk marathon down to Limehouse Basin and then, and then turn back. But is, are we, is this talk about something else? But is this a basin? That's it. We've run five miles. I think it's yeah, already it's good to mix it. We'll talk about it a bit on the way back as well. I mean, it's just we're nice just going to have to because I've got free and easy. so much more to share. Can I go up on that bridge. I want a lovely picture of you here, Woo. and I want to see you doing more running than me. See me doing what? I want you to run more than me. <laughs> the other one doing the, doing the, here he is, look, there he is. And back, another half a mile. Yep, yep. That's it, and turn back, do it again. <laughs> Three more times. <laughs> should we go down should to we, the Should we stretch a little bit, then run back? Let's go around the block, see some right, water. Okay. So, yeah, we've seen this last time we were here was an absolute jewel of a day. It was like a sparkling sapphire. So this isn't quite as good, but it's nice. It's always nice to get there. Very nice. So this is the Limehouse Basin. Yeah. And there's Canary Wharf. Oh, right. So, you know, we're not that near West Ferry Circus, but that is a pretty key moment on London Marathon, isn't it? Yes. I, uh, we've come under that bridge before, and I've said, yep, yep, that's where the marathon goes over, and that's the DLR. Right. So you wouldn't want to run along there. <laughs> I got that wrong. I got it wrong, all right. Very still, very quiet. How's the uh, 
How's the no booze? Absolutely fine. Yeah. I think that um, I just haven't wanted it. Can you? I, I'm, I'm still off it as well. Today's the day where people tend to crack with their New Year's resolutions. We're yeah. recording it on the 12th. Yeah. Today's the day where people think, oh, forget, forget it. it, what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. But I feel no urge, I must say. Might have helped not going to the comedian's Christmas party. Yeah, that's not an easy one, is it, if, you, if you're not boozing? No. I've never been to that. To no, me neither. There goes the DLR, can I? So you can't take that during a marathon because it'll... No. Uh, sorry, thanks. Can we go left here? Can you get through? Can yes. So Round the block, little, see? We're doing a little loopy-loop. Yeah, you start to feel... Wow, isn't it great? You get so much more done during the day. Yeah. And you feel so much more clear. Yeah. But then also you sort of think, it's a bit boring. I'm a little bit boring. You say about the twelfth, but I found it interesting that you didn't you, that you were gigging on Sunday. I think you're because you only ever really drink on Sundays anyway. Sort of. You don't yeah. go Sunday, to the pub. Sunday's my big day, so yeah. if I can keep gigging on it, then uh, I think I stand a bit of a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the next time you have a Sunday, we don't have a gig. That's that'll be, be a test. That will be that will be a test. Yeah. Once the roast goes on, yeah. you just feel it so reflexively. Time to get smashed. Yeah. <laughs> Watch loads of rubbish telly that you missed during the week. Now, I just oh, want oh, to oh, sorry. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I've worked out where we are now. We're back. Here we are. Back <laughs> where we go. So, I was lost. I was just going to say, we're going to take a little break there and start up again. Make this a two-parter for yeah. your marathon trainers. Yeah. So if you're listening to part two, welcome. Well, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. We just, this is just part one. Hi. Hi! How are you? <laughs> um, so get in touch. Give us a give us a Facebook or get in touch on Run Compod Twitter. And have a good week. Good luck. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.